0: Sermon's about music today, so I didn't want to cut that off at all. But uh, thank you, Jane. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, fill us with the light of your joy as we move through this season and approach the coming incarnation of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Folks, this past weekend I was arguing with a good friend over our differing opinions on what is and what is not good music. Now, I say arguing, but really, if I'm honest, we were just giving each other a bit of a hard time over the music that both of us like to listen to for fun. And it wasn't just me who was against this other friend of mine. My wife was completely against me and on her side about the music that they both like to listen to. While my friend's husband... At least I think anyway, was on my side, at least that's what he told me, concerning the music that true and advanced aficionados of sound prefer in the popular music of our day. As I already knew, my good friend and my wonderful wife have a deep affinity, you might say a little bit too much love, for a certain pop crooner from Canada who they recently went to see together when he appeared in a concert. At the Veterans Memorial Coliseum here in Jacksonville back in October. For myself and for my friend's husband, before the debate even began about music, we had just been in the midst of a very deep discussion about a different kind of music that you can find out about in the seven and a half hours of the new documentary about the Beatles let it be album called get back which I myself had watched in its entirety all seven and a half hours just after it was released on thanksgiving weekend we were all poking fun at each other over what was the more meaningful and the greater of the music the music of the beatles or the music of one michael buble and that's when my friend suddenly got the upper hand with complete honesty she looked me in the eye And she said something along the lines of, The truth is, I love Michael Buble's music so much because it gives me joy. When I hear it and I sing along, no matter what's going on, I get that sense and feel happy and joyful. Now, she probably didn't catch this when she said it to me the other night, but in that moment, I was completely moved by her heartfelt sincerity and truthfulness, in what she just laid out before all of us. And I instantly found myself with a mental picture of what she was trying to say. That in her very busy life with two kids, a new house, newly refurbished work going on for a bathroom and a kitchen, a new job, the constant threat of COVID for the family, and all the other insanity this crazy life throws at us every second of every day. When she can find that moment to even listen to a little bit of music, it is this kind of music which has the ability in her life to cut through it all and bring that essential moment of joy and peace. She didn't really have to say anything after that. We continued to have a lot of good conversations throughout the evening afterwards, but it is that reference to joy that stuck with me throughout the weekend. And as much as I hate to admit it, after she brought home the joy in our argument, my musical heroes, John Paul George Ringo and Billy Preston, if you've seen the documentary, lost the battle right then and there, and Mr. Michael Bublé walked away with the victory that night. And really, let's be honest, when anyone brings up joy in their life, who doesn't immediately identify with the real need and desire for that same thing that we all desperately have. We tend as human beings to try to find joy any way we can throughout all the lives that we lead. Often it isn't too difficult to find healthy, positive ways to achieve some joy and happiness. But as we all know and have seen before, it can also be just as easy to let ourselves fall into things we find joyful that really aren't to our best interest, nor for those who are around us who we care about. And regardless of where we ever manage to find that joy in our lives, joy always seems to become elusive when the hard times in life come upon us. For just when we think that we've climbed to the top of that ladder or we've worked our way up and found what we've always been sure we're looking for, we can just as quickly find out it wasn't all what we thought it was going to be in the first place. I absolutely think, with all that in mind, something like a little bit of music to listen to that gives you a dose of joy, whether it's Bach or Beethoven or the Beatles or good old Michael Buble, is certainly something worth incorporating in our lives as often as we can hear it and grab it. But the question will eventually come up for all of us to consider one day as we seek out and try to find and sustain joy. And that question will be, is there anything that is really joyful that can last longer than a three to four minute pop song? Is there something in this life that can give us that deeper joy that always seems to evade us? that can and will always be there for us, that never gets old, that never loses its taste, that never drops its happiness. Well, this morning, brothers and sisters, just happens to be one of those mornings in the church that is meant to be all about that, all about real joy. Today, as we've already mentioned, is the third Sunday of Advent. The Sunday known in most Catholic churches is Gaudete Sunday. Sunday from that wonderful and important second reading we just heard from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, Gaudete in Domino Semper, Interum Dico Gaudete, which translates from the Latin to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Today as we are quickly approaching the feasts of Christ's incarnation at Christmas, the message of Advent is still here asking us to take a moment and prepare the way of the Lord, that we should, as St. John the Baptist so loudly exhorts in the gospel this morning, repent and bear fruits worthy of repentance. Yes, I agree. It's sometimes hard to rejoice and be joyful when you find grumpy old John the Baptist calling you a brood of vipers, which he lets slip out in the reading this morning. But even the strong, tough words John is declaring to us in his rough exhortations are still, as the reading from Luke made sure it laid out for us, part of good news. And if it's really good news, then it must have a whole lot of joy somewhere deep within it, if we can just open our hearts and our minds and receive it. St. Paul goes on to say to the church in Philippi, and honestly, really to every one of us in the church today, Let your gentleness be known to everyone, for the Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I fully believe in this important passage of Scripture this Advent morning. St. Paul is showing us that there is truly a joy that can always be present in our lives. It may not be where all of us generally try to look for it. It may not be something that we can reach out and grab a hold of or touch or consume or see, but it is something that that if we open ourselves, we can approach, we can draw close to, and we can cling to within ourselves and within our lives. And because it is a joy that when we find it, is not placed in a drawer somewhere or in a garage or in our kitchen, but is placed within our hearts, the security is there that says where it will reside is a place that will never grow old that will never run out of uses, that will never fade away or disappear from us. For St. Paul, I fully believe, is addressing the core component of what it means for us to live out the Christian spiritual life. A promise that Jesus Christ, who we believe in and who we follow as disciples, will require of us to rejoice in and be joyful to always, for it is what, when we find it, we realize only Jesus can provide. Jesus is the one thing that can never fail in comforting us in hard times, supporting us when we fall, forgiving us when we make mistakes, and restoring us to health and happiness when we struggle. And St. Paul tells us that we can achieve all of this with the blessed assurance that it provides us by simply learning how to lay it down at the feet of Jesus in prayer and supplication. I was looking last night for a final gift for my daughters and I ran across a cool t-shirt for my hipster older daughter that says, let that stuff go. It really doesn't say stuff. It says something else It starts with an S, but it says, let that stuff go. And I think the t-shirt doesn't tell you how to let it go. It just says, let it go. And then I realized, hopefully she's been a Christian long enough to know that you let stuff go by laying it at the feet of Jesus. This is the spiritual exercise of our faith that provides for us a way to work out our souls. And I have to tell you, it really is a lot simpler than going to the gym to work out the body. Sure, there might be lots of other things that you can think of that will bring you a little bit of joy on a Sunday morning. But the question we have to face each and every time the church opens its doors is if you were being guaranteed the chance to be able to find and retain joy and even rejoice when life takes its wrong turns and when life storms hit you, wouldn't the spiritual exercise regime that the church offers be worth it above everything else in your life? As I thought about that, it reminded me, as always about my dear beloved grandmother who passed away back in January, a woman who had seen just about every good time and bad time that life could offer. She made it through two bouts of breast cancer, the second of which nearly killed her 20 years ago. And she'd been alive to lose her father and her mother, her sister, her daughter, her husband, and more friends than any of us could count. But I tell you something, I'd seen that woman in the toughest of moments turn around and start to pray and find a way to center her mind and her heart on Jesus. And when she would do that, no matter what was going on, she could not help but rejoice in happiness. And I don't mean just the let us pray type of rejoicing we Episcopalians often have. I mean the hooting and the hollering, the amen and the hallelujah kind of rejoicing that we find in that real kind of happiness and joy. That, my friends, is the kind of joy that will never fade away. That's the kind of joy St. Paul is talking about this morning when he promises you and me that the peace of the Lord, which surpasses all understanding, can and will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine for a moment in this murky, dark world that we live in right now, to be able to walk through life with nothing but joy and peace, ready to spring out of your hearts and your minds, no matter what this world throws at you. That's the kind of joy that I'm here to tell you Jesus offers. And you know what's wonderful about it? It's free. It's absolutely free. Believe me, I will always have my personal copy of Abbey Road by the Beatles on my playlist for whenever I need a real quick dose of joy. For me, when George Harrison plays off that opening guitar lick to Here Comes the Sun, I just feel the sun all over me. And honestly, after talking to my good friend Ashlyn, I might even be ready to try a little Michael Buble again. But the way my hearing is beginning to go right now, who knows when even the music I love will start to fade away. When that happens, I pray that all I have done will have Jesus in my heart. Because if I have Jesus in my heart, I know that I will always have the joy I need. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Amen. Amen.